Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you on this Sunday, July 25th. And school here starts in about exactly one month to the day. But before you focus on that, Today is the church's feast day for St. James the Elder, sometimes known as the Greater, the Apostle. Now, he's known as the Elder or the Greater to separate him, to distinguish him from James the Lesser or the Younger, who is celebrated by the church on May 1st. But today, it's James the Elder, who is a bit mysterious. He's the brother of John, we do know that. He was, as we will hear, not only one of Jesus' twelve disciples, but also part of the inner circle of our Lord's during his ministry, made up of three disciples, himself, Peter, and John. And these three witnessed the raising of Jairus' daughter, the transfiguration, and our Lord praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. After Pentecost, we know that James preached the gospel as an apostle for nearly ten years, But we know nothing from the scriptures about those 10 years. That's what's mysterious. He's mentioned as being a part of the group at Pentecost, but then he isn't mentioned again in the scriptures until his death at the sword of King Herod Agrippa. Now, there may be traditions or legends about what he did or where he went, but none of that, not a word of his own, is recorded in the book of Acts. So what are we to make of this apostle of which we know so little about after our Lord's ascension? Well, simply this, that he decreased that our Lord may increase, that he died as a martyr to the faith, and his death is a part of what pushed Peter and the others to preach this faith outside Jerusalem to the Gentiles. So in life and in death, he preached Christ crucified. And so we will hear this morning that the feast of James the Elder is simply that, all about Jesus. Well, with that, we now turn to our matin service and its opening hymn, By All Your Saints in Warfare.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. is his and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! The first lesson for this festival of St. James the Elder is written in the 11th and 12th chapters of Acts, beginning at the 27th verse. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there should be a great famine all over the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius. As any of the disciples had plenty, each determined to send relief to the brothers who lived in Judea, which they also did, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now about that time, King Herod stretched out his hands to oppress some of the assembly, that is, the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had arrested him, he put him in prison 
and delivered him to four squads of four soldiers each to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. Peter, therefore, was kept in the prison, but constant prayer was made by the assembly, the church, to God for him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children. Therefore shall the people praise thee for ever and ever. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the ninth verse. Brothers, for I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last of all, like men sentenced to death. For we are made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You have honor, but we have dishonor. Even to this present hour, we hunger, thirst, are naked, are beaten, and have no certain dwelling place. We toil, working with our own hands. When people curse us, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world, the dirt wiped off by all, even until now. I don't write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have ten thousand tutors in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the twentieth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, kneeling and asking a certain thing of him. Jesus said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Command that these, my two sons, may sit, one on your right hand and one on your left hand, in your kingdom. But Jesus said, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give but it is for whom it has been prepared by my Father. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. When ye stand before kings and princes, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what is there for us to say about St. James the Elder, the Apostle? If I were to ask everyone listening who the Twelve Apostles were, chances are you may not remember the names of all twelve. But you would most likely rattle off James's name as one of the few that you did remember. And the reason why is that he is mentioned many times in the New Testament. He was one of the first disciples called by Jesus, along with Simon Peter and Andrew, and also John, his brother. He and John, when called, had worked for their father Zebedee's fishing business. But when Jesus called, they left everything to follow him at that moment. Now, along with John, his brother, they were known as the Sons of Thunder because they were outspoken, outgoing, and quick to anger. And that quick anger was seen when a Samaritan village rejected Jesus, and they asked their Lord if they could call down fire from heaven to destroy the village. And for that request, they earned Christ's rebuke. Yet Christ was still particularly close with these two brothers, because James and John, along with Peter, made up our Lord's close inner circle, even, even among the twelve. These three were the inner circle of the twelve. As Jesus kept James and John and Peter close to him, they alone were witnesses when he raised Jairus' little daughter from the dead. They alone were witnesses at our Lord's transfiguration, as they saw our Lord in his great glory. They alone were witnesses at our Lord's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, before his crucifixion, as they saw him sweat drops of blood in his great agony and humiliation. Yet, for all of this, for every time that James is mentioned, what he's best known for is being John's brother and being part of that inner circle. But on his own merit, James is otherwise not known for much. The only time he really speaks in scripture is when he asks to destroy that Samaritan village with fire and when he said he could drink from Christ's cup. And in our gospel lesson this morning, he only said that he could drink it from Christ's cup after his own mother asked for him and John to sit at Christ's left and right hand in his kingdom. He had to have his mother ask that for him. But otherwise, outside of that, here's what James is known for. In the scriptures, he's known for being at Pentecost. And then the next time he's mentioned, he's being killed by the sword of King Herod Agrippa. And James's death seems to only get a brief one-verse mention in Acts, which we heard this morning. And well, none of that seems all that glorious, does it? Consider it. James is known for his mom asking Jesus if he may sit at Jesus' left or right in the kingdom, and he's known for wanting to call fire down from heaven to kill people, and he's known for being John's brother, and for a quick, ugly death. So he was one of the first apostles called, but he wasn't the chief apostle. That honor went to Peter. He was known as the Sons of Thunder with his brother, but John is clearly the better known brother. 
He didn't get to write a word of scripture, which is odd because even Matthew, the tax collector, got to write a gospel account. He isn't even the first martyr of the faith. No, that honor went to St. Stephen, a mere deacon. And on top of that all, he may not even be the most famous James in the Bible. That honor probably goes to James, the bishop of Jerusalem and Jesus's brother who did get to write a book in the New Testament. So no, nothing seems all that glorious for St. James the Elder, does it? It's no wonder, then, that he asked our Lord to sit at his right or left in the kingdom. And it's no wonder why James so boldly told our Lord that he could drink from his cup and that he could be baptized with the baptism our Lord was about to be baptized with. He was bold because, like us, he had his pride. He wanted something to hang his hat on. He wanted to be known for something. Like us, he wanted to see and feel that his life and his career meant something. That he could go down in history as maybe the mighty disciple who rained down fire. Or maybe that he could be known through the ages as the great disciple who forever sits in a place of honor beside our Lord. And yes, when he asked for that place of honor, the other disciples were indignant at him for asking for it, because he had asked for it boldly without really caring what it meant for them or anyone else. Now, we can understand this. We can understand what James was wanting. We also want to be known in our lives, in our jobs, for our great work. We want to have a long-lasting impact so that we are remembered long after we are gone for the blood, sweat, and tears that we put into our lives, in our work, into our families, into our communities. Like James, we too want a reputation of might and honor that far surpasses our lifetimes. Because we know, along with James... That to retire or die without honor, without fame for something, means that we'll be forgotten. It means a death without memory or honor, only to be forgotten in the abyss of history. So as we see James trying to hold to his pride, trying to make his life and career meaningful in his own eyes, and then as we hear in Acts, from that quick little verse that says he died from Herod's sword. It all feels so empty in the end, doesn't it? At least for St. James. Because his works and life, all it led to was a tragic death that merely gets a brief mention. While all the honors, as we heard a little bit ago, all the honors went to others. In this sense, his death can feel meaningless, even nihilistic. And if it can be this way for St. James the Elder, who was one of Christ's inner circle, well, then what about us? As we consider James's life and what all this means, let us also hear again the words of our Lord to him. Our Lord says to James and John, You do not know what you are asking. You will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. 
And as we read the gospel accounts, we know that James did not get to sit at Christ's right or left hand in the kingdom. Those spots were reserved for the two criminals who were crucified with our Lord. And as we see from the Gospel of Luke, the Father prepared those seats for the criminals to show the way of life and death at our Lord's cross. Where the criminal at our Lord's right believed and was saved, and the criminal at our Lord's left remained in unbelief and was condemned. In other words, the Father prepared the seats at our Lord's right and left hands for those whose deaths in those seats would proclaim the salvation of our Lord and His coming judgment. The honor of sitting at our Lord's right hand was not prepared for James, but for the criminal whose death would glorify Christ. And the honor of sitting at our Lord's left hand turned out to be no honor at all, but the place of condemnation. So no, James, nor John, nor their mother Salome knew at that point in time what they were asking. And as we said before, James also did not get the honor of being the first martyr. That went to St. Stephen, who preached Christ crucified before being stoned. And what would mark the occasion before Christ's great conversion of St. Paul from the worst of sinners, who made sure that St. Stephen died, to the greatest of the apostles. And as we said, no, James did not get the honor also of being the chief apostle or writing a word of scripture. But here was James's honor, small as it may seem to us. He was marked by his spirit of self-denying service. After our Lord was crucified, rose again, ascended to heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, we know from the book of Acts that James then spent nearly 10 years proclaiming this gospel. He didn't proclaim his own greatness as an apostle. He didn't proclaim to be the chief of the apostles. He didn't proclaim himself as one of the sons of thunder or as getting a seat of honor in the kingdom of our Lord. None of that. Instead, James simply and faithfully for 10 years as an apostle, proclaimed only Christ crucified. We don't know where he went. We don't know who he preached to, other than that he was in Jerusalem when he was killed. But we know what he preached. And as an apostle, he faithfully preached Christ crucified and him only. And we also know that he died by the sword while preaching this gospel. He proclaimed the gospel in life as an apostle, and he proclaimed the same gospel in death as the blood of his martyrdom ran through the streets of Jerusalem to the cheers of the many people around him. James's honor was that he decreased completely so that Christ crucified may increase throughout the world. Because it was at his death that Peter and the others, once Peter escaped from prison by the hand of an angel, Peter and the others left Jerusalem to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, to Rome, India, Egypt, and beyond. James's death, as well as that of Stephen's, with the events around their deaths, was used as a catalyst 
for the proclamation of the gospel to leave Jerusalem and spread throughout the globe, even to today, to me and to you, wherever you may be listening. Whatever James's place of honor in the kingdom of heaven, what his memory was in the ancient church, whatever that was, whatever greatness the ancient church believed to be from him, None of that mattered to James, and all of that is lost to history or to be discovered in the life to come. But all that mattered to James was this gospel message, Christ crucified for the sin of the world. All James wanted was not for his memory to be honored, but for this gospel to spread. And indeed... At James's death, as the first apostle to die and be martyred, this was the place of honor prepared for James by the Father. Just as the place of honor given to his brother John was to be the last of the apostles to die in old age. And so that now, as we look back in history, from the scriptures and church history, we know that the place of honor given to these two sons of Zebedee was for their deaths to bookend the deaths of all the apostles so that the apostolic tradition of the scriptures may be proclaimed and framed and sealed by their blood as we now preach Christ crucified in this apostolic tradition. And as it is for James, where his memory is what he did for those 10 years and his ministry is lost. So it is for so many of us and countless other saints throughout history. How many parents, how many pastors, how many Christians have either taught their children the faith and how to pray or preach Christ crucified faithfully to their flocks or walked in the way of the cross by encouraging and forgiving others in their congregations? How many of those faithful parents, pastors, Christians have had their names and works lost to history? You'll never read about them in this life. How many of us will have our names and works lost to history if Christ doesn't return for another 100, 200, 1,000 years? And perhaps some names are remembered in family trees and church records. But otherwise... These saints, perhaps us being some of them, are unknown to future generations, but they pass down the faith. But they're forgotten for us in this lifetime. And that thought of being possibly forgotten, forgotten in the abyss of history, that hurts the sinful flesh with its pride. But but such faith and work in humility That is the self-denying service James and all of us are given in the new spirit received in baptism, in the new spirit preached from the pulpit, strengthened at the altar in our Lord's flesh and blood. All this is to say, as we are now saved in baptism, may we, like James, also decrease in our lives and deaths so that Christ crucified may be increased by the faith we live and proclaim, and will one day die in. Such lives of faith, they may be forgotten in the history of man, but they proclaim Christ crucified 
They pass down the faith. They spread the faith by the word of the gospel. And such lives, such deaths, they are also remembered by our Father in heaven, who has prepared these seats for us in the kingdom of his Son as he reigns on the cross. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Redeemed with thy presence.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto thee. Grant, O Lord, that as your apostle St. James readily obeyed the calling of your Son, Jesus Christ, we may by your grace be enabled to forsake all worldly and carnal affections and to follow him alone, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life 
in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks to all who were able to join us on the podcast this week for your devotions and prayer at home. And please join us next week as we pick back up in our journey through the Trinity season with the ninth Sunday after Trinity, where we will hear from Luke chapter 16. All the music for the hymnody in this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. 
If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.